The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? I hate this music. It just makes me want to go back to bed. And I always want to go back to bed. Right now I'm a little sleepy. Damn good coffee. And hot. Wake up, America. You've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee. And get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about Kumbaya and Flat Earth Insanity. Stand-up comedy? You want stand-up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've uh, got sit-down comedy. It's time for Coffee with the Dog. You make me laugh. I don't know. I don't know about anything. Oh. What a weird thing we got lined up. Looking, just looking, just looking. Oh, but so not just looking. I just don't know what to say about looking. All right, get on with it, guys. Come on. Thank you. Today, good morning, folks. Today. Start over. Uh, good morning. It is Monday, uh, September 25th, 2023. It is a shitty day here. I hope it's a shitty day wherever you are. No, I don't. I really hope you have a better day. Uh, we have been having dreary cold rain, hard rain, since Thursday. It's unbelievable. It's, it's just unbelievable. Um, and it affects me big time. As far as my spirit, my, I just don't feel like living. Now, I'm not suicidal or anything. Don't get me wrong. But I don't, it's just like hard to want to do anything. It's because I don't, it's, it's cold and rainy. It turned from summer to shit pretty quickly. It will get nice again. We'll have some beautiful fall weather. But, all right, already. Today would be nice. Today's Yom Kippur. Uh, happy Yom Kippur. Solemn Yom Kippur for those who celebrate. Uh, I hope. Uh, uh, what? Matt, I can't unmute to or start my camera. Well, uh, Jay is in the background in the green room and he's having trouble connecting. Jay, I would suggest you leave and come back again and try. Uh, if you can hear me, yeah, switch to another device. Just try logging in again. Maybe you missed something along the lines. Um, well, eventually, we're going to hire a troubleshooter to deal with guests when they have problems like this. But right, right now, we don't have one. So I'm just rambling here uh, and doing what I normally do. Willie is here. Willie uh, went to South Dakota. I think he's back in New Mexico. I don't know. Uh 
We'll get to him in just one minute, and we'll talk about the news and how my lock of the week in football uh, made people rich. Uh, because, you know, listen, I am now the nation's foremost football prognosticator. I bounced um, bet on any sport.eu, bounced them, because my bookie is the people we're going to right now. If you go to the homepage of MindDogTV.com, you want to take all your money and bet it on everything I tell you to bet it on. This is a fact. I think, well, I think I'm like, uh, I think I lost one game all year. Other than that, I'm perfect. <laughs> well, close to it. Anyway, uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about this crazy week that's coming up. I don't know how this week got booked. With all the uh, insanity of the comedians like wanting to get booked this week, this is not a, a comedian-heavy uh, week. There is a very funny comedian booked on Wednesday morning, Katie Dudley, out of Los Angeles, California. She's going to be here at 9.15 my time, which is 6.15 her time. We'll see how funny she is then. Uh, we have lots of authors this week. Today we have uh, Smoking Jay Moranti, who has been with on the program several times before. Uh, Jay is a comedian, but he's an actor and um, just an all-around uh, regular good guy who like, likes to come around and hang out. Uh, after him, in the ten fifteen uh, slot, we have Nico Logan. Nico Logan is a guy who's been traveling in an RV with his girlfriend for the last year around the United States, says the four corners of the United States. I don't know if we have corners, um, but... Um, he is uh, a self-proclaimed masculinity expert. I'm not in the mood for that. <laughs> I might get a little testy with them because we, I hear people talking about masculinity being under attack. Define what it means to be a man. You think you can kick my ass? <laughs> you think you're tougher than me? I don't like this whole tan your balls to get masculine bullshit. Uh, see, I'm starting already. I'm not happy with the whole masculinity. Um, must be masculine. Well, I'm going to teach you how to be more of a man thing. I don't know how and why. Uh, it sounded like a good idea um, to have him on. Uh, I, no, I don't want to say I don't like the guy. I, he might end up being a good guy. I like the idea. See, what appealed to me was the idea of getting in an RV and driving around. Uh, the country with your girlfriend, just uh, seeing things and not being part of corporate America. I like that. He also is uh, supposedly an expert in going viral, which I am interested in uh, increasing your reach as far as this program. I would love to increase our reach. I can almost, re and this is the thing. <laughs> I can't stay on any uh, subject for more than 10 seconds. Uh, I've been talking to some people about this kind of stuff and how you do this right. Setting up lighting. Like uh, I was talking to GD yesterday about his green screen stuff. And it occurred to me that nobody, very few people have what I have. And that is a camera that is beyond reach. My camera is still, you see that finger that's pointing right at you right now? It's still two feet back from that. So there's distance between me and the camera, and it makes the picture. Most people are right on top of the camera, and their head takes up the entire box that we give him. 
on these streaming things. The right way to do it is to allow yourself some distance so that camera can take in. Now, some people have like funky backgrounds and I will admit this room is a fucking mess. And I did clean it up a little bit over uh, the weekend. It still has a lot more to go to get clean in this room. Uh, but such as it is, uh, we have, uh, you know, things that can make this kind of stuff better, including the right microphones and right lighting and all that stuff. And I was telling GD that this setup back here, no, it's not the greatest. It's not, it's not the Tonight Show. It's not television broadcast quality, but I'm happy with it. And it's not expensive. It's really not expensive. To, just a couple of colored lights, a fake brick wall, a fake curtain, a fake dude sitting in the seat talking to you, uh, and uh, a couple of cheap lights in the front lighting the fake dude up. That's all. It, I'm telling you, if this cost more than $15, I would be shocked. But there is a way to do this where where... It looks more professional, and the guy just sitting on top of a, a camera like that close, and you basically just see a big head. Speaking of big heads, let's get to Willie <laughs> right now. He's ready and able. See, oh, shit. See that? It says, oh, shit, right on the screen. Good morning, oh, oh shithead. <laughs> oh, you get it again. I, I got it. I got it. I got it. You, <laughs> How are you? I'm fabulous. I had a great weekend. See, when you're doing it with the phone, it's really hard to have that thing far away because then you can't see me. You can't see anything that's going on on the screen. You got to squint like this if it, it was, if it was four feet away like my camera is. Right? right. Yeah. yeah. No, I understand with phones. But for people doing it with actual webcams or cameras and stuff like that, it's best to, to keep it uh, some distance between it. That's all I'm I'll, saying. I'll keep that in mind because I, I should be getting a laptop this week. Uh, I think one of my comedian friends has a, a spare one because I think like their wife upgraded theirs or something. So I think I'm going to be getting a laptop, so that'll help. That uh, guy, uh, see it. that big eye? Yeah. See that? yeah, see, that's what I was trying to do. Is I was trying to, I know. Like, I was trying that to big eye, that. He, he has a yeah. laptop. I see you. I see you, Carl. Yeah, big chin. God, I love you. Uh, hey, what happened? We lost Jay. Jay Jay bonked out. He was just there. Now he bonked out. Jay. Maybe he's coming back. Anyway, good morning, Carl. Uh, good morning. See, <laughs> Carl's got it down. He's got some distance between him and the camera now. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah, not a point either. Carl's a, Carl's a big star now. Wait, wait, wait. I can do it. I can do it. Hang on. I'm doing it. I'm doing all it. All right. You I know, just, now I just... Oh, you're not you're not uh, in New Mexico. You're still in South Dakota. I am still in South Dakota. I have another crazy week. I'll I fly back to New Mexico on October 3rd. This week is jam packed. Uh, I'm do I did that open mic last night, which went great. Uh, there was some video taken, which uh, I haven't gotten yet, but I look forward to seeing that. Um, now, wait, then, hold on a second. When they when they do the videotape. Do yeah. they uh when they take the audio off the board because that audio I sent you it would it, you know it would be better it, it, if they're just taking it off a camera or something it's not going to be all that impressive. It's right, all, I mean, no, it may not be, but I at least want to see how it. Uh, yeah, you know. it'll be better if it's. But off yeah, the no, board. I did. Yeah, I noticed that a little bit. Uh, 
But it didn't sound terrible, to be honest. I'm like, sure in the room it sounded great. But I mean, on on on, when, on video, when you play it back, if it was off the right. camera, it's gonna, uh, it's not gonna be as good right, as it yeah. was. Anyway, sure. uh, Carl's um, a big star right now. I just want to let you know that uh, we you have to pay yes. like respect, money. And, I pay money. Pay, well, money, but we don't have money. So in lieu of money, pay respect. <laughs> we give respect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are you, Carl? Are you getting back to sleep yet? No, no, I'm fucked. I got, I've been back for five days, and I, I'm still not sleeping at night. So, you traveled a long, long way. Eight, eight hour, eight time zones is a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's I almost like me going to Australia. Yeah, almost. Not really, but yeah. How bad it was, but yeah. So yeah. tough. It's been tough. But I've got up super early today and try and tire myself out, and hopefully I'll pass out. Failing that, I'll, I'll get drunk. I so I'll sleep that way. Uh, last night. I put on because Taylor Swift was getting all this attention on Twitter. Yeah, she's in the news. Yeah, (laughs) because she she was in at a football game and people were making a big deal about it. So I said, I don't know why people are making such a big deal about Taylor Swift being at a football game. She comes to the Rock and Forty Five shows all the time, and I photoshopped this thing where she she appears appears to be looking at me Uh, from the crowd. Did did one of the morons believe you? Yes, that's what I was going to bring up. She's a school (laughs) teacher. The lady who said, wow. I love her. She's a loyal fan. Oh, Willie popped in and out. Um, She's a loyal fan, and she's not a dumb person, but I think she... And she was at that gig. The gig that I took the picture from, she was there, and she said, wow. Like, Did you see Taylor Swift there? She's retarded. She's a retarded school teacher. Uh, yeah, Taylor made my news, that's for sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, so that that just uh, made me laugh. That, But also now, uh, Tom Kanapka on Twitter was talking about um, Carl's recapping the story of going to Bisbee. And I, I put under that just as just trying to be funny. I said, fuck that uh, English cunt. I'm with the Irish heckler, and Twitter Twitter jumped on me and banned me all the time. Really? I didn't even see that. Yeah. No, so I I fought it, and then I got back. I said, I love Carl. Carl's one of my best friends. I love Carl. I would wrap my arms around him and give him a big kiss if he were here. I'm just recounting a story that I heard. Everybody who knows him or follows him knows this story by now you don't and you got upset about it. what happened to elmo's pledge for free comedy on twitter so they let me back on <laughs> yeah, i didn't i didn't even see that tweet yeah no they hit it they hit it for <laughs> they hit it for like 12 hours and then everybody right. who had seen the post is not going back now they've already read the post so my joke went on and nobody it's not really that funny a joke it was just be, me being stupid in the morning anyway uh we got a full boat here uh yeah Nico i'm gonna Logan, I'm gonna jump out because you've got a whole. Well, and and, right, and Carl, sure by the way, Carl's gonna be uh, hosting Thursday morning. I have my first television interview for my running for Congress thing. Uh, I, yeah. I'm, gonna to, I'm gonna put on a suit and tie and do it right. Uh, I but, think you should put on a suit and tie, but you should, at the end of the interview, you should pull down your pants and just take a shit. That may happen. Uh, well, I don't know if I take a shit because I, it generally takes me like a good. 30 minutes to get the fucking plumbing primed. Uh, I'm not good with this is, you know, I have anal problems. We know about my anal ha- hangups, but 
I'm, I'm not good with it. I, we lost Jay again. Jay bombed out. I think, I think, he, I think he's came in and thought there's a hundred people in here. It's supposed to be my show. <laughs> right? Yeah, he probably angry, gets freaked right? out. Like, what the fuck? No, I think he's having. Um, I think he's having uh, technical, technical problems. Technical issues. Yeah. Uh, he never had technical issues before, but uh, Nico Logan is in the back, and Nico wasn't isn't uh, scheduled till ten fifteen. But if Jay doesn't make it back in a few minutes, we're going to bring. Nico in early. Um, right, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll bounce out for now. Leave you guys to it because there's a lot going on. Um, all right. Yeah, 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 it's, it's one of those days. Carl. Happy Yom Kippur, Carl. I know you don't celebrate, but happy Yom Kippur anyway. I don't know if it's happy, solemn Yom Kippur. You know what it's all about? No, I think it's ridiculous, and I think anyone who celebrates that is a is an idiot. And, really, uh, you know, it's about forgiveness. <laughs> you're, being, you're being down on forgiveness and atonement and. Yeah. And feeling, yeah. you know, feeling bad for those you've hurt and all that yeah. kind of stuff. I'm, I'm just, wow. I'm just being silly. But well, yeah. fuck you, you English cunt. Get the fuck off my. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We'll see you Thursday, man. Uh, have a good morning. Yeah, anytime be in between. Tomorrow's a good day too to pop in. Pop all in right. whenever you know. See you all later. Right. We'll let me see you tomorrow. See you later. Bye. See you guys. I change the background. I can't. I said cunt now three times. In yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah. It's like the word of the day. We it's it's not my fa- like it's not my favorite ah! word. I have to yeah. admit, it's it's not one of those words that I um man, we're changing the background to you like crazy. Not one of those words that I gravitate towards. And uh, but this, uh, if you don't know, Carl was on stage in Bisbee, Arizona, and uh, there's an Irish guy and uh, from Ireland in the crowd, and he, you know, Ireland and uh, English people sometimes oil and water and as yeah. soon as Carl went up on stage he, he, he said ah here comes the English cunt and started heckling him like that and um so now I said it four times and uh <laughs> Stan Hope and Chad Chank went and, and kind of uh did a mafia number on the guy like uh uh muscled them down the quiet and then the guy got real demure and then he came back and apologized and he went call to go meet his wife and stuff and I don't know get cuckolding with him I don't know, really crazy shit, but so that's where the, that's where that's all about. I would not. I'm not the kind of person who uses that word four times in a morning. I just want right. to say that. Um, <laughs> have you um have you tallied up football yet, or are you going to wait till tomorrow? Because I, I I'm I, perfect, right? No, you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. No, I'm good. Though. I'm damn good. If but you I love. Bet- I love. I love that you're telling everyone to like follow all of your advice. No, bet all. I'm so, I'm so glad there's a, a disclaimer at the beginning of this show. <laughs> well, everybody should go to the bank and take out every, even your change jar, go to your kitty change jar and bet everything on my lock of the week because I mean, I'm, I'm superior. I'm like the America's foremost football prognosticator. After yeah. taking off for 20, more than that, 43 years. I've been taking, I took off my prognosticating for 43 years, haven't made a bet. But now I'm back, baby, and I'm, I'm infallible. Back, baby, yeah. I'm infallible. Uh, so you lost. Let's, you lost. Oh, man. Dude, uh, well, I didn't pick the Bears this week. I picked the, uh, but my God, it's, 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 it's terrible. Are you, uh, do you want to do the news? Because I only got, I have about another 10 minutes before I got to get out of here. Yeah, let's, uh, let's do the news. Uh, hold on. Let me, now I'm going to play the thing. Just come in after I'm not going to touch anything. I'm not going to touch anything.
And now the news. All right, you're muted. You're yeah, muted. But I, okay, there we go. Yeah. Hello, Miami Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel somehow managed to find himself on the high road yesterday during their 70-20 victory over the Denver Broncos. With about eight minutes left in the game, the team hit 70 points which tied them for the fourth highest scoring team in NFL history, at which point even a field goal would have given them the record. With Miami's backups playing, they still managed to find themselves in scoring position after a 52-yard run by Chris Brooks. However, instead of attempting to reach the end zone, Coach McDaniel called three up-the-gut plays and knelt on it for fourth down instead of attempting what would have been a chipped shot field goal. Obviously, Coach McDaniels is not a Cobra Kai fan. <laughs> so, uh, as Matt mentioned, Taylor Swift was in attendance for the Swift victory the Kansas City Chiefs had over the now 0-3 Chicago Bears. The 12-time Grammy winner could be seen in the luxury boxes next to uh, Kelsey's mother. And uh, they were also seen leaving Arrowhead Stadium together. At this point, I would just like to implore Travis Kelsey to read up on Lisa Left Eye Lopez. It could save your shoes and your house because Taylor Swift, that Taylor Swift girl, definitely got a little left eye in her, in my opinion. <laughs> That's... Uh, the uh, the National Cathedral in Washington D.C. got a window job this weekend. The for, oh, did you get the picture I sent you? I'm trying to load it up right now. It's I didn't. I just saw it because I went to check on Jay. But hold on. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry about that. I forgot to tell you that I sent a picture. Yeah. Here, I'll skip to the next story. Hang on. I'll go to the next story. We'll do that one last. All right. Do the right. next story. Maury Popich says he may come out of retirement for one last DNA test, but he's not scouring trailer parks or projects this time. He wants the blood of two Hollywood actors. Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey have some striking similarities and some overlapping time frames in their family's history. And McConaughey's own mother has admitted to knowing Woody Harrelson's father. But yes, lady, but do you know him, know him? You know what I mean? Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? That's pretty, uh, pretty, uh, I don't know what it is. It's pretty, uh, all right, I got the uh, thing loaded up. I think I got the thing, but it's not like prepared, so it's going to be like this, like covering your face, but go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. The, uh, the National Cathedral in Washington, D.C. got a window job this weekend. What do you mean? The, <laughs> window job. The, the former windows honoring Confederate Generals Lee and Jackson were taken down in 2017, but the new windows were made by Kerry James Marshall, titled Now and Forever. You may remember the windows were taken down in 2017 after... Um, a white supremacist gunned down eight black people in a church in South Carolina. The new windows are titled. What? That's bad, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it, that's a bad thing. We want to frown upon lit. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, shooting people in church is pretty bad. Like, right. I mean, if you're going to shoot people, you know, do, never mind. I'm not going to say that. That was, just, so, it's, that it's, was it's, so messed up. I know. It would be. So messed up. It's I just so that. bad that we have, to, we have to explain to people that shooting people for no good reason is not, right. not, not a good thing. Right. But, okay, so the new window, the new window is titled Now and Forever, pictures protesters marching, holding signs that say fairness and no foul play. Uh, I find this ridiculous because this is a church in Washington, D.C. we're talking about. Right. I mean, like any of them know anything about fairness and no yeah, foul yeah. play. Right. Like, yeah. That's the news. That's the news. Well, I'm gonna be back in one here. Man, I'm now I'm like un undisciplined with that. Now, uh, here's some uh, news for you. Later on this week, Friday, Ray Shunky. Do you know Ray Shunky? Hall of Fame know. linebacker for the Washington Redskins from uh, in the uh, '80s, I believe. Uh, he played for the Dallas Cowboys and and the uh, Redskins. Will be here. Uh, with us on Friday. Very uh, cool. You yeah, know, uh, cool. I met Joe Gibbs uh, years ago, the old coach for the Redskins. Wow! Look at you. You're all. Yeah. Uh, he came. To, he came and did a talk at the prison. <laughs> <laughs> wow! What did he talk about? He had a he had a book. Um, you know, it was motivational stuff. He uh, and he brought. He brought a couple drivers because it was more like when he was getting into the NASCAR. You know, so he was, he was there selling a book to prisoners? That's what he was promoting? No, he gave them away. He gave them away. Oh, he gave them away. Okay. Yeah, everybody got a free one. I feel, a little, free one. I feel a little better now about uh, that because, uh, you know, he, he, he don't go to prisons to kind of hawk your shit. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he didn't sell them. He, he gave them all. He like he gave a speech. He gave every anybody that wanted his book could take a copy. Um, I'm pretty sure it's even signed. I'm pretty uh, sure he signed it because I I waited after church and I'm pretty sure I I'd have to. I haven't seen it in a while. It's very yeah, so, messed up. All right, so you got to go somewhere. You got stuff to do. What are you, What are you doing today? Yeah, I, I mean, dude, my schedule is just all over the place. Explain week. what? What do you got? I want to um, know. So, uh, okay, hang on. Uh, today's Monday. So Monday, uh, Monday is Lucky's, um, which is actually technically Club Four Tour Four Four Two in the basement of Lucky's. The Dan Alton show is happening, and then there's going to be an open mic after that. Um, Wednesday, I'm hosting at Bosses. Um, and then Friday, I'm hosting the Icon Show uh, all day Saturday. I'm going to be at Supercon, which is like the Sioux Falls version of uh, Comic Con or whatever. And I just and I'm also trying to arrange being able to like uh, make sure I'm on Wi-Fi every morning. Um, yeah. Uh, so that I can do the podcast because I can't if, really get. If on you can't do it, that that's fine. But uh, at some I some point we uh, maybe i'll go over the football uh results tomorrow oh i'll be on tomorrow i like i'll all come right. on tomorrow and we can go and we can do them together i all just right. figured tuesday's a good day because that's all the games right all the games and then play. thursday i'm not going to be here because i'm getting getting interviewed for my congressional uh campaign stuff 
and oh, uh, so, so, you... so Carl's going to host it. It's going we're going to call it the Man Show. But I will put my picks together uh, and send them to both of you. So you, I'll have my picks before Thursday morning, and I'll try to oh, okay. t- try to tune in on from the road on my way there. But it's it's a long trip anyway. Okay, so yeah. I'll do it with Carl, but he'll have your picks. Right. Yeah. So this gotcha. went from being a full um, full. Lo- boat of people down there jay is gone he can't he's having technical difficulties he wants to reschedule uh so it's just gonna be me and uh nico in in just a minute i think nico might might be nico but i think it's nico anyway uh so are you leaving now am i saying bye to you uh yeah no i should probably uh, all right get the hell out uh but thank you sir see you tomorrow all right uh the fabulous uh, whiskey dick Willie Conway in uh, Sioux Falls, Cal- uh, California, California, uh, <laughs> South Dakota. Anyway, I hope Sue didn't hurt herself too bad. I am really at a loss today. It is, um, by the way, on top of all the, sh- the shit I was mentioning this morning, I'm in a grumpy mood because I'm, I've been a little under the weather, not feeling well, which is not a masculine thing to say, right? Well, Nico, uh, I hope it's Nico not Nico, because I've been calling him Nico all morning, is a masculinity uh, guy. He's a guy who uh, wants to talk about masculinity. And as I mentioned this morning, those people, uh, that uh, is is a subject that really makes me feel, it, it challenges me. It feels like you're saying, you want to fight? Uh, Maybe I have too much testosterone in me, but um, I don't like to be telling the men aren't masculine enough. But Nico's going to come in, and he's, he's uh, traveling the world in an RV, which I really admire, and I would love to do that. Uh, if I had time, I think I probably uh, would just go on the road and do that, but I don't know how I would do this from there. Uh, he's traveled around, not the world, the United States in an RV for the last year with his girlfriend, uh, and he knows a lot about increasing your reach and, and all that kind of stuff. But we're going to be talking about a, a going viral, whatever that means in today's world. We're going to be talking about masculinity too. Ladies and gentlemen, please open your ears, open your minds, and help me welcome in Nico Logan uh, to Coffee with the Dog. Nico, is it Nico or Nico? <laughs> Nico, you're right on. No, you're all right. Right. Nice mustache, by the way. Yeah. I got to say... Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Love- I know you're trying to be me, but that's whatever. <laughs> Just a younger version. When you, yeah, when you get older and your eyesight starts going and you get a pair of glasses, you'll have it down, man. You'll have it down. You know uh, what, man? I work so much in front of a screen that there we go. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, so, yeah, uh, let's start with uh, how do you just drop everything and get in an RV and just I mean, did you save up like uh, life savings to do this, or you uh, you figure out a way to make that pay? People want to know. Inquiring minds want to know. It's a bit of both. I, it started, you know, the dream started about ten years ago. I I had gone down to Costa Rica to try to see if I could move down there because I come from a very technical background. I was a sales engineer for. 12 years for one of the biggest telecommunication companies in Canada. And I knew that back then they needed these type of guys down in Costa Rica because they were developing their, their wireless services. And unfortunately I met my ex-wife and I, and she was from Toronto, Canada. So I ended up not going, but it was always in the back of my mind. And when COVID happened uh, in 2020, 
I don't know how it was where you're from, but I'm from Canada and it was restrictions upon restrictions upon restrictions. And because I decided not to be vaccinated, I couldn't go anywhere anymore. I couldn't go to, I could not teach martial art anymore. I couldn't go to the gym. I could go to the grocery store and pharmacies. That's it. That's all I could go. So I just said, screw this noise. I moved out to my investment house that I had in the middle of nowhere and think about the most Canadian thing you can think of log house, top of a mountain in the middle of the woods over overlooking lakes. This is where I moved. And I was there alone with my dog for about a year and a half. And I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Because I could still work, but I was used to wearing a suit, being in front of customers day in, day out. And my job starting started threatening me to fire me if I didn't get vaccinated. So I'm like, you know what? That's fine. Do whatever you have to do. But I looked at my transferable skills and I said, okay, I'll start creating content. So I did a full rental by myself on my house. That took that took me about a year. I took all my money from my investment. I took it out. I refinanced my house, took the money out. And a year ago, I left Canada, quit my corporate job, left Canada and started my own business. And I've been doing it from the road ever since. Uh, so that that's a, that's a really uh, interesting story. Now, uh, did you uh, living in the uh, I want to call it a cabin. I'm I'm not sure if that's the word yeah, you yeah. use. Yeah, um, yeah. Were you a hunter, uh, a fisher guy, or like a self-sustained guy, or were you still ordering food from like supermarkets and stuff? Oh. Uh, Amazon Prime. <laughs> Man, food. I, I was 15 minutes away from the the biggest town close to me is 2,000 people, and I was 15 minutes away from it. So there's no such thing as ordering anything. All right. All right. It was really. Um, I think the the closest grocery store was about 25, 30 minutes away. And well, I, I live in uh, what most people would think is a metropolitan <laughs> metropolitan area, and sim similar. I mean, the nearest grocery store is about 20, 25 minutes away. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a suburb of New York City. Okay. And uh, it, I, but I live in the country. People don't don't think that this country that close to New York City, but yeah. So <laughs> supermarkets are are twenty minutes away, twenty five minutes away, or something. Anyway, it's it's just a, unusual stuff. Now you're not in Canada; you're in the U.S. Now. Uh, yep. Grow up in Canada. You're a, a Canadian born and bred. Oh yeah, I come from a super small town. I played outside compared to people now. I spent my whole life or my whole childhood playing in the woods, getting hurt experimenting figuring out what to do and not to do i guess yeah uh, i i think I, I did too i mean i'm i think most people didn't until well uh, you know the younger generation now probably grew up playing video games indoors mm -hmm. and stuff but most of most people older than 40 or even 35 i would think have been brought up in with the idea of you go outside to play when you're young and that's that's the way it is uh and but do you miss canada at all that's that's no. A, no? Uh, no no not at all no no we even though the restriction could the restrictions were the stuff that made you want to leave right or not oh yeah yeah 100 percent. this what this is what I already wanted to leave, but really what did it was the restrictions. And I don't like, you know, I'm a libertarian. I like, leave me alone. I know I'm a good man. I know what I can and cannot do. So just leave me, be. just let me be. I, I'll let you do whatever you want to do. As long as you're not infringing on, on my rights, I really don't care. Do, do what you do, what makes you happy. I don't care. But the yeah. day the government tells me what I can and cannot do and, I'm somebody that has a six pack and I've had one for 35 years since I can remember I've been in shape. I've always been involved in sports and it's not true that a fat guy 
that looks like he's dying is going to tell me what I should do to be in shape. Like, fuck that noise. I don't need that type of bullshit in my life. So, but I can't control it at the same time. I can't control what other people want me to do. So what did I control? Left. And my girlfriend agreed. My girlfriend's Italian. She did not want to stay in Canada anymore. So we just left. And we're traveling the U.S. right now, hoping to find a place that we like. Because I have a few businesses in the U.S. So technically, I'd be able to get a, a working visa here, like an investor visa, as they call it. Right. Now, that, that's interesting. You find the United States is less restrictive than Canada? Down south. Like, I, I'm talking Virginia and south of Virginia. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, above, no, there are above states. That, above that, it's too much like Canada. Like, our stupidity is leaking through the borders. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're infecting you guys. Up north, we're infecting you, man. Uh, I, don't I know apologize for the rest of the Canadians. I apologize for that, but yeah, <laughs> we were infecting you guys. I don't know. I don't know. I never. Uh, I know that I have been influenced by ca Canadians, but uh, basically in music, mostly is where where the, <laughs> the only, you know I think of some of my uh, some of my musical heroes were Canadian, okay. but I don't I don't know. I get a whole lot of influence out of Canada. I'm not like a big hockey fan. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was a big hockey fan when, in my youth, I guess. And so, I, but I don't know. I don't feel like I have a whole lot of Canadian influence in me. That's all. Um, uh, I was being an ass, by the oh, way. Okay. I was just, it, it's called sarcasm. I was just being an ass. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, no. sure. Uh, you know, I just, now I'm considering the idea that, it, you know, because influence can come in ways that you don't perceive it as coming yeah, you know 100%. so now when did you get on this mask are you first of all the masculinity kick are you one of these guys who tans his balls the sun, uh, sun oh hell no do you know how sensitive <laughs> balls are to sun i know you'll, I you'll know. do it once you'll do it once you'll never do it again well that's one guy who was on uh, i guess it was tucker carlson like about a year ago was that was the way to increase testosterone increase manliness you got to suntan your balls and i was like yeah, this sounds, sounds more like a gay than anything that sounds else like a moron to me <laughs> that sounds like a moron right there right so how would you define masculinity in today's age you know i'm a big stoic fan like i i like old principles from take marcus aurelius being the most famous stoic i i just think that there are some things that men are meant to do compared to women like we have gender roles there are things i do better than my girlfriend and there are things that my girlfriend does better to me and if you look at old principles i extracted some of them and i created what i like to call the five virtues of a good man and a good man to me is courageous he's a protector he's a provider he has temperance and he has faith this uh. is the package of a man and if you look throughout Western society, we don't have rites of passages anymore. So there's no men are not teaching their sons through hard exercises how to acquire the skills that a man needs. And this, if you look throughout history, it's always been present. Like men have a will. They, they have a need to be surrounded by men, to be taught how to become a man, because you don't become a good man just by being. You need to be taught. It's something that you need people to teach you you need good men to teach you um now uh, i want to go through them again because yep. uh provider resonates with me i've always felt like i need to be a provider which last week uh my wife bought me a car 
And awesome. It, it, Good it, for it, you. Not awesome. It threatened, <laughs> it threatened my provider instantly uh, because yeah. I've always paid all the bills. I've always, you know, uh, wanted to, you know, my whole life, uh, my first wife didn't work at all because I wanted to be the provider and all sure. that. Sure. So uh, but, uh, it did threaten my, not my, not necessarily my sense your of masculinity, ego? but your yeah, ego? yeah, yeah, my pride and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And I think the, my biggest fear is being in a room full of my friends, and she tells me, you know, I bought him a car, and that, <laughs> like, I don't want that out there. Uh, so you said it on the radio instead. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I did. I, yeah, that makes but sense. I also explained how it makes me uncomfortable, and yeah. the chat room was yelling at me, just take the car and be happy with it, and all that kind of stuff. And I did take the car, obviously, but does um, she make more money than you? If you don't mind me asking, no. Well, uh, she's right now. She's working lots and lots of hours, but she has put a lot of money into investments, and she came hey. into uh, s some some money from somewhere. So, uh, she, you know, she did some for the kids and all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, it was our anniversary, and she wanted to do something nice, and she got me a car, and I was like, uh, now what? I got you a card. Uh, it doesn't, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bit of a difference there. Right? Yeah. So the provider one definitely uh, resonates with me. Courageous, that resonates with me, although it's, um, it's, it, it's fleeting. Courage, I think, it can come in a moment, but courage relies on, in my, and in, in, uh, I just want to get your take on this. Courage relies on fear. If, if it means facing your fears, it, but your first instinct, you must always recognize the fear in order to be courageous. And so when I think of the most manly men I know, they didn't, they never showed uh, any uh, ounce of fear, mm -hmm. but, but that doesn't mean they didn't feel it. Nope. <laughs> so, you're, no, you're, you're bang on because you're not courageous. If you're fearless, if you're, if you're truly fearless, you probably have a psychological problem. <laughs> Because the average person has fears. We all do have fears. Like, right. I remember when I, I fought for years as a Muay Thai fighter, and this is something that I was pushed into. It was never my intentions, but my coach saw something in me, and he's like, bro, you need to fight. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. But I was scared shitless. I only fought as an amateur, so I can't even imagine the guys that do it on the pro stage, that do it on the world stage. But it scared the shit out of me every single time I was going to fight. Because I'm literally signing a contract with someone to kick my ass. Or or I either kick his ass or he kicks mine or we kick each other's ass. Right. But there's something to be scared about. But at the same time, if you don't face your fears, you'll never obtain anything that you really want because you'll never have the balls to go after them. Right. So being scared is totally normal. Is really the reactions that you have facing those fears. And that's right. what training teaches you. So that was provider and courageous. Uh yeah. Now, faith was one I that really got me because I, I don't think I have a lot of faith. I my faith has been challenged so much, and faith in what? That that's that's the question. Now, does it mean religious faith, faith in God, or the, you know uh, this? This is the this is the biggest problem I see with the word faith today. Is automatically just like you did. You see it as a religious term, and it is. It can be a religious term. I, I like it like a more spiritual term, but. I will, I'll be upfront. I'm a Christian. I'm not your typical Christian, but I am a Christian. I do believe in God and I like the Christian way, but not the Catholic way, but the Gnostic way, like the original sect of, of Christianity from 2000 years ago. But I'm also a big fan of Buddhists. 
So I'm a big fan. Like I've been into Buddhism for 12 years, but the way I see faith is I split it into three parts. First, like, like just for shits and giggles, let's replace faith by believe. So how can you ever build self-confidence if you don't first believe in yourself, that you don't believe that you're capable of achieving whatever you put your mind to? How can you ever build a new relationship with a friend or with a partner if you don't first believe that they are the person they say they are? And how can you ever find purpose if you don't believe that you were put on this planet for a reason? Ah. But this yeah. is faith. But this is faith. I'm only using the word belief because most people say it all the time and they don't attach belief with a religious term. But at the same time, do I see, do I have faith in God? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But call it God, call it the universe, call it nature, call it whatever you want, whatever there's a bigger power at play. And you must believe that you were put here for a reason. That's interesting. Uh if you must believe that you were put here for a reason. Uh, I believe now, maybe maybe it's because my faith was shaken quite young in this, but I believed I was put on, on it for a reason when I was young, and that turned out to be I, misguided purpose, something what I was believe it? in. What well, was it? it was celebrity and fame, and, you know, I, w I was going to be a rock star. I, was, I thought that I was going to, because I grew up in the hippie era where we believed that words and poems and songs could change the world. The okay. John Lennon stuff, Imagine yep. and all that stuff. Yep. And I thought that I, I connected with that because mm -hmm. I thought I, I was, uh, I always felt myself a uh, gifted writer or, or um, more a strong aptitude towards writing that uh, other students of, at the time just weren't interested in. I was really interested in it, but it didn't pan out for me. And for me, I also bought into this whole idea that if you don't make it by 30, you never will. And somewhere in my mid twenties, 30 was getting too close. And I wasn't, it, that wasn't panning out for me. And I gave up on it for a long time, not knowing that part of the journey is, is uh, part of the experience is the journey and, and a big part of the experience is the journey and not necessarily the destination I was trying to get to, which was rich and famous and stuff like that. Just enjoying the journey, which now I'm on. It took me like 35 years to reconnect with that. But uh, so I felt like I lost a lot of my faith or sense of purpose in that, that time. And it, I have funny faith though. I will trust in the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. to provide for me another opportunity. I have no uh, qualms. If, if somebody is a totally um, not in alignment with me and I'm working for them, I have no, I've done this a million times, of just walking away and saying, Good for you. I, I got nothing planned, but I'm sure the universe will yep. or will provide me with something. And it always has. Mm -hmm. The minute I walk away, it's it's crazy the way it works out that um, I basically left myself without an opportunity, walked away from a very high paying job. And the next day, an opportunity presented itself like it was waiting for me. Uh, but it was. But it was. The, yeah. the, the day you accept the fact that nothing happens, like everything happens for a reason. I don't believe in coincidences at all. The only people that see coincidences are not self-aware they don't take the time to reflect on what's going on in their lives and who's entering and who's leaving their lives if you don't try to understand how everything connects 
in your life, you will see coincidences everywhere. But the day that you really start paying attention to yourself to say, listen, this is how I feel about a certain situation. As you just said, you weren't, you did not want to work for that type of person because the energy is wrong or you're not feeling it. It's not for you. And you just said, screw this noise. I'm going to do what I feel like doing. What happened? You right. got rewarded by an opportunity. You know, the day that I left the a couple of weeks prior of me leaving Canada, like my resignation was already put into my employer. I got offered an opportunity at Amazon. And in my work, it's you're making 400 grand a year. Like I was offered a job that is top of the line in what I did. But, you know, I, I said, thank you, but not interested. I will leave knowing that I could double my salary just because I know that this is not my purpose. I'm supposed to be doing what I'm doing right now. And I always imagine this little devil and this little angel on my shoulder. One is saying, oh, no, no, continue doing the easy stuff that you're good at. Take the money, bro. Just take the money. And then the other one is like, ah, you know what? Every single opportunity, every single time you're at a crossroad in your life, something shows up to keep you on the wrong path. But if yeah. you have the balls to say, you know what? No, I'm done. I'm I'm tired of doing the, the the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result because at the end of the day, that is the definition of insanity. I will well, choose to do what I want. And you got rewarded the day after. You're full of shit, by the way, because most people need to wait a lot longer than that. But good for yeah. you, man. But there's a couple of things, though, I want to say because your, your story is interesting. But do you realize that the average success does not come like as a man, if you're not born into money, which it sounds that you weren't, you will not really hit success before mid mid forties to beginning of your fifties. If you look at the statistics and you look at all the, the analysis that they made of successful, men, I agree with that. 100%. They did not, they did not hit success prior to their forties, even fifties. So unfortunately you know, men acquire wealth. Let, let's call it wealth. We acquire wealth or experience or wisdom with time. It takes a lot of time for us to get there. So it only makes sense that our success takes time as well. Hmm. There's another thing you said too. Sorry, bro. But there's another thing you said that I love. You said that you gave up around 30 because it wasn't happening for you. But you know, deep down that you have something with words like you have not only a passion for words but you're you have a natural ability with words although i, I believe it, that yes although <laughs> i'll see you have faith in yourself hey, you like that eh? um but at the same time look at what you're doing today you're still having an impact on people maybe you're not writing but you're speaking them and if you're a good writer chances are you can speak pretty well too it is something it is a transferable skills because you're probably well read you probably have very good vocabulary and you take pride in the way those words leave your mouth. So you will do the work in order to get better. So whatever your dream was, it, it was right. It's just the way you got there was different. Right. I, I agree with that, which is why I said it took me a long time to reconnect with it. And yep. because of what was clouding for me, the was this whole like rock star uh, image yeah. I had of what it meant to be success and how you define yeah. a success. And mm -hmm. it took me a long time to realize that that wasn't really what I wanted anyway. That kind of fame and 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 stuff uh, 
I, it's it really negative now to me. Am I, yeah. I like not uh, having to deal with like Taylor Swift. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Taylor Swift goes to a football game and now, you know, she can't hide from that. Everybody want, who wants that kind of life. I would never wish that on anybody, no matter how much money or, or uh, comes with it. It's that yeah. kind of attention that never leaves you that I, I realized that, that was something I I craved as a young man, and uh, as, as I got older, I was like, no, I don't want that. Who would who would ever want that? And it's un- uncomfortable for me when people recognize me. I've been traveling, and people recognize me from the band and stuff, and it's like I, I, that was a very weird uh, weird experience when people, oh, you're the you're that guy, you're the guitar player from the Rock and Forty Five. They're like, that's uh, yeah, I don't want to be known as that, but yes. Let anyway. me ask. You a, let me ask you a question, though. How did you have a good relationship with your mother? No, uh, both my parents. I, I came from a very dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. When I was uh, thirteen, I was talking about this with my brother last night, and he doesn't want me telling this story on the air, even Don't. though I have a hundred times because he tells it <laughs> because he tells it in AA meetings, and it get, always gets him a big laugh. Okay. Uh, so he doesn't want me telling it on the air because he's afraid and people have heard it. But when I was 13 years old, I came home from school one day and both my parents were in jail. Uh, this is the kind of upbringing I had. And uh, yeah. on Rico charges, uh, you know, basically they were uh, bookmaking. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so it's fraud, have... basically they frauded. They, they yeah. frauded. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't have a good relationship. My father took me on a hit, a hit, meaning uh, a murder. Uh, when I was five years old, uh, my uncle was a hitman, and my uh, another uncle had been mugged as a bartender. And my father was telling this other uncle the story that who was a hitman. He said, "Let's go get him!" And they took me. I, my father was watching me, and basically they took me and rode into Brooklyn and left me in the car while uh, they went and took care of business. At five years old, took came out running, and there were bullets being shot at the car as we were taken off. <laughs> That kind of so that's the kind of upbringing I have. So no, I didn't have a good relationship with either of my parents. Uh, so it was very, you know, having role models. I don't know about that stuff. I, but that's normally where it comes from. Like the relationship when it comes to, you know, your father and your mother always has two different roles in the in the life of a boy, and the the man is mostly direction and discipline, and the woman is the intimacy, like the intimacy portion, like to show you what it is to be loved because women let's call a spade a spade. They're more compassionate. They care about other people. I, I always say this, but men love things. Women love people. And, That's very and, true. and you being in a situation where you don't feel seen, you don't feel hurt, you don't feel love will crave it. So this is for sure. This is where it's, where it comes from. Look at very- most actor, most look at most look at, bleh. Look at most actors out there. They're exactly like that. They don't do it. They do it because they want the attention, not because yeah. they're good at it. They're craving the attention. And you, it all stems down from the relationship they had with our mothers. Yeah. And, and craving the approval, the applause yeah. is everything. The applause 100%, is everything. 100%. Yeah. You're 100% right. Yeah. Uh, so those are three of the things now. Uh, provider, courageous, faith. What did I miss? You said five, and I'm forgetting. Protector. Two. So courage, so courage, provider. One thing I want to say, though, about providing, a lot of guys imagine providing as just financial side of the equation. And yes, it is, but there's there's an emotional component because 
through money, you can, you need to be able to provide your family with a safe space. I, I absolutely hate that word, but I believe that a safe space can only be created at one place and it's at the home. You are supposed to be off to be able to offer an environment to your family where your wife, your children can be safe away from surviving. Because if you're always in a survival mode, you're always worried about your next paycheck. Guess what? You can't grow because you're too focused. You're focusing on not dying, having a place to stay. You can't focus on developing yourself. Don't get. But at the same time, as soon as you leave that, that front door, there's no such thing as a safe space. But it is the responsibility of a man to try to build an environment at, at a home where his kids are able to grow, are able to learn, are able to feel that they're not surviving. So this is a second part of providing. But protecting is something that today I feel men are really lacking. They're uh, not ready to protect their families by any means necessary. That's that's an interesting uh, observation. I don't know. I don't. I haven't really studied it or looked at it closely. Yep. But uh, it's interesting that because you don't really have a home right now, you're you're a vagabond. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fucking bum. Yes, I'm a bum. A, a vagabond. You're traveling from. Yeah. And but that that life appeals to me now. I know. I in my fantasy imagination, I don't think I would take my wife on that journey because that feels like something i would want to be alone on because i maybe because i couldn't be a protector in that situation i'm not by by nature a uh outdoors you know a hunter yep. gatherer a hunter and that kind of fishing man i'm not by nature that okay. uh, so i don't know if i could uh definitely provide a safe place on the road and some of the the danger is what appeals to me that kind of uh, adventure of not knowing what's what's coming is it, part of the, the uh, fantasy about it or the romance about it um but and you it know is, it, it, it is to me too man like two weeks ago we didn't even know where we were going like we never know where we're going it's right. just we 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 find an rv place we stay there we fill it out we're like yeah we like it here we don't if we don't we're gone within a week if we like it we stay there a couple of months but two weeks ago, we were just outside Richmond, Virginia. We had no idea where we're going. I thought we would go back to Tennessee because we really, really enjoyed Tennessee last year when we were there. But it didn't make any sense. So we're in fucking Alabama right now. Ah. Because, because you know what? I looked at a map and I'm like, oh, shit. An hour and a half from Nashville by driving. I can go to Memphis. I can go to, to Atlanta. I can go to Huntsville. I can go to South Carolina. I can drive pretty much anywhere I want from here and those are about the five states that we haven't seen yet right. like we've gone through 22 states over the past year and the states which we're are in right now we haven't we can all access from here but two weeks ago we had no idea was still my girlfriend and i were still on our laptops trying to figure out where the hell we were going wow. so it is it is a beautiful thing to be able to say you know what we'll stay here a while or we won't it's you very know what freeing. Um, I just want to come back to Canada for a second because Ian, who is uh, one of the mainstays in our chat room right now, is bringing up all these Canadians, uh, people from Canada. <laughs> and it seems like there are a lot of libertarians up there. He, he brings yep. up Crowder. Uh, yep. He brings up Gavin McGinnis, Jordan yep. Peterson, all these yep. guys, I think. So if if Canada's filled, and maybe three is not enough to judge a population <laughs> of a country on. But if, if Canada has all these libertarians on it, why isn't the country more libertarian? 
You know, this is something that I've pondered. This is a question I've pondered for for years. And the only conclusion that I came to comes all the way back to our fight of independence. Compared to the U.S., we lost. We are still under British rule. Right. Compared to the U.S., you guys take pride in being winners. We take pride in being pussies. My my fellow Canadians are not going to like this, but we have a loser mentality. When it comes to facing our government, we are scared shitless. Because we are bred to be losers. We don't have that winner, that patriotism that we have, that you that a lot of the US have for their country. And this plays a massive role psychologically on the state of mind of the people there. And that's you, you so see, crazy. Cause yeah. I'm th- I'm so, uh, sorry, but uh, inter- interrupt here. But no worries, man. My vision of Canadians are tougher than Americans. They're, hockey is a tougher sport than football or baseball. Agreed. I'm thinking of loggers and, and outdoors, the guys who you know go into the, the woods to chop down trees with their bare hands. And uh, you know, Canadians, uh, my vision of a Canadian is much, t- uh, much tougher than the average American. But that it's. But if but, you look look at how it is for you guys, most people are are in big cities. A, a very few people, like a, a very small percentage of those people, live on the outskirts of cities and even in the woods. It's no right. different in Canada. If you look at a map of population, we are all connected within about a hundred kilometers from the border. So right. most of the people are right there. Most of the people don't live in the north. They don't live in situation like I was. They they don't embrace that because they've never been taught. So yes, you can imagine us living in an igloo, having penguin friends and shit. But that's simply not true anymore. Right. We're always in cities. We're always around other people. Most Canadians that I know, I've never spent time by themselves, yet alone surviving in the woods with nothing else than a knife. I don't know a lot of Canadians that do that anymore. Yeah, At the yeah. same time, I have a lot of friends that are military. They're ex-military. Those guys are used to it, and those are the libertarians you're talking about. Like the Crowders, they all agree with him. They look at a guy like Jordan Peterson, and they're like, yeah, yeah, you're, they're absolutely right. Those people do love Jordan Peterson. Ian is correcting uh, me on this. He said And they I was left going Canada. to say exactly that, too. Yeah. They left Canada, too, because it is a desperate world. And one of the reasons we came to the U.S. is I still have faith in the U.S., because of that winner attitude, that winner mentality, I still have faith that the U.S. will do something about it. All right, I let me just push, let me just push back a little bit more here. Absolutely. In World War II, Canada doesn't get the credit for no. D-Day. Canada kicked ass, no. uh, and, and they don't get the credit for that. Uh, the United States, as you just kind of mentioned, has this. We have this idea about ourselves that we're a winner, but we didn't really win World War Two. We took a lot of help from Canada. Took a lot of help from Britain, uh, even Australia. We didn't win World War Two since World War Two. We haven't won anything. Uh, you could talk about Iraq, but that really wasn't, you know, a, a real war, in my opinion. That I was agree. just. But, you know, Vietnam kicked our ass in Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. 100%. I, I, have a, uh, I have a trouble uh, connecting with this winter attitude because my whole life we've been in wars that seem like, you know, we end up, even Iraq and Afghanistan, we didn't win anything there because we forgot. We forgot how what war was really about. War was mm-hmm. really about uh, a real estate game, taking real estate and holding it. And mm-hmm. we go there with no real purpose in mind, get our ass kicked and take our tails between our legs and come back home. So that uh, attitude about America, maybe it's it's a new uh, newer attitude. I think you're right. 
for up until World War II and right after World War II, this was this whole idea of pride and being a winner. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. But that... you're, you, but you're right because if you look throughout history, you know that that saying that uh, hard time creates strong men, strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times. Yeah. It has been proven scientifically that it averages between 80 to 100 years old. That That is the, the actual cycle. And if you look at history, it's interesting that you say the Second World War, because that is the last time that strong men were really alive. And that, if you look at a calendar, it's almost 80 years to the dot. It's 1945 that the, that the Second World War ended. We're in 2023. It's almost to the dot to 80 years. We are in entering hard times because see all the weak men that we have today. But your mentality still stayed because it is repeated. People believe in this. They are told since they are young that America is the greatest country on earth. We don't say that in Canada. That's the thing. No, but you, no, you I, I hear you. I, uh, that's why I'm laughing. I've never heard that say. I've never heard Canada ever say we are number one. And no, no, fuck no. We we we're polite. Yay, we're polite. But if you look at Bruce Lee, Bruce Lee always said that you should never talk ill of yourself because your brain does not know the difference. So yeah. So and if you look at self hypnosis techniques with I, which I use every day, if you keep on telling yourself that you will achieve, you will achieve. So this is the power of telling yourself that you're a winner. You will believe it, even if I you haven't guilty. done anything to prove it. Yeah. If you keep on telling yourself that you are a winner, mentally, you will fucking believe it. I am guilty of the opposite of, of self-sabotaging myself. I find mm. myself saying negative things about myself all the time. And I Never. catch myself, but it's too late after I've said it. It's like it's out there now. My brain already heard me saying it. Uh, but I do believe there's there's something to that. And I, I try to not do it. But, it, you know, it, old habits die hard. So 100%. I, you know, so I, I find myself saying negative shit about myself all the fucking time. And what do you say? What do you say about yourself? I don't want to say because I'll hear myself saying it. I say uh, I'm a loser. I'm, a, I'm an idiot. Uh, all those kinds of things. You know Why? Why? What? Why do you say um, it? Is it the, is because it the... I did something that yeah, makes, yeah. you know, uh, it's in yeah. reaction to a mistake I made or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, something I perceive as a failure. Um Sometimes it's thinking back. I'll share some. You know, my, my son died at 30 years old, Damn. and um, I, I, that feels like a failure as a parent. And often I will beat myself over, up over it. Still, you know, especially on long drives or something, comes into my mind, and I'm filled with regret and thinking what I could have done better. And then I end up cursing myself over it. Mm -hmm. And then I, I hear myself doing it, and I said, that's not good for you because, you know, this is not just going to spill over into, like, parenting uh, issues and stuff like that. It'll affect the rest of your life, calling yourself. And, and I know that. I know hearing yourself say that stuff is not a good thing, but I, it's a habit. It's a habit that dies uh, very hard, even when you catch yourself and say, don't do that. But at least you're catching yourself. This is the yeah. first step is because – you know, like I was saying earlier, when you, you believe or don't believe in coincidences, it always comes down to being aware. I'm a big fan of meditation and meditation brings that to your life. It brings you being able to just be whatever comes to mind. You, you know, one of my favorite meditator just said that, let it come, let it be, let it go. This is what I think about when I'm, I'm meditating. There's nothing wrong that can come out of you. It is just your interpretation of it. 
But if it's coming, it's supposed to have meaning. So reflect on that meeting and just be. You know, dogs are my favorite. I'm a big fan of dogs. And Me too. The, the reason I like dogs so much and I love dogs so much, they are in a constant state of mindfulness. They don't care. You, They don't care about yesterday. They, they're not thinking about tomorrow. All they care about is right now. There's a meme on Facebook. I need to find it. But you have a guy sitting on the edge of a, of a mountain with his dog. And then there's a bubble around their head showing what they have, what they're thinking about. The guy has a million things from his house, his job, money, all the bullshit. The dog, it's a picture of what he's seeing right now. And yeah. this to me, this is why I have dogs, because it is a constant reminder. Like if I take if I take my German Shepherd on a walk, she's just happy to be on a walk. Like she comes to me in the morning. She's like, bro, what the fuck, man? Let's go. <laughs> it's time for us to go. Let's go. And all she cares about is being with me. I spend a lot of time on my laptop working outside of the RV. It's nice outside. I got a cigar. I'm working on my laptop. My dog does not even stand close to me, but she just wants to be outside. But she, I need to be there. All she wants is to have me there and just be. She can stand there for four or five hours. She'll even get pissed at me if I don't bring her outside enough to do nothing. She right. just wants to be. And that's a constant reminder that, Yes, you might be talking ill of yourself, but at least you're realizing it. At least you're catching it. And by reflecting on the reasons why you're saying this about yourself is where the work needs to be done. Because the first step is to admit that there's a problem. And you already admitted that to yourself because you're catching yourself. Absolutely. At least you're catching yourself. But then this is where the real work starts. Why are you talking like that about yourself? And this is the deep-rooted issues that you need to address. Those well, are what I, you need to I know I know what that is already. I blame Same. myself for my son's death. I, I, I go over and maybe sometimes irrationally uh, wanting to blame myself for it, but especially in the last few months of his life, I was trying I, what I I think I believed in tough love and I believed sure. in the idea of can't coddle him. And then when he ended up dying, every every place i turned to that said because he died from an addiction a heroin addiction and uh every place that i went to for uh learning about what addiction is all about they said the worst thing you can do is try to be too tough with them what they're really craving is acceptance and, and love and, and and all that kind of stuff so i blame myself for being a believing in tough love at a point where uh, where where I think I, I damage his chance of survival. I really do. And, there's, and a, there's a fine line between tough love and love, right? There's a fine line between both. And you need to be able to understand where that line is. Like you need to draw that line in the sand and to say, Yeesh, tough love is what I want to do, but maybe that's not what he needs. Because it's not about you at this point, right? It was about him. Right. But... And also, I come back to what you said before in, in, in understanding that. And this is a hard thing for somebody, especially when you're talking about the loss of a child. But Can't to say imagine. that everything happens for a reason. Yep. Um, and some people will say, well, what, who wants to live in a world that where there is a God who thinks that's a good, that's a good lesson you should learn? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, like they, they, and I, I, I go both ways on that like i don't i do kind of have this feeling that everything happens for a reason but yep. why that seems like an awful tough lesson to have to learn you know what i mean what, what kind but there's of a, but there's a reason why 
there, there's absolutely a reason why you'll and hopefully you'll figure it out one day. It'll probably smack you in the back of the head, but there, the answer is not going to be fun though. Have right. you ever seen you, you? Have you ever seen the movie Wind River? No. You should watch it. It's on Netflix. It's free. It's one of the most powerful movies I've ever seen. That one catches me in the heart. I've seen it ten times, if it's not twenty. And it's about that. It's about. I'm not going to ruin it for you, but it is about the main character is, you know, he's the guy with the bow and arrow in uh, Avengers and the Olsen, the the younger Olsen uh, sister is also the, they're the two main characters. And they basically find a woman that is dead in the middle of nowhere. They're in Alaska from memory or Montana. I can't remember exactly, but they're in the middle of nowhere. And that girl is barefoot in the snow like eight miles away from anything civilized. So she literally ran there. Her lung, her, her lungs exploded because she was running in air that's so cold that it bursted her lungs. But the point is that the main character and the character that that guy is going to help throughout the movie both lose their daughters. And, but he, at the end, there's the, you know, at one point they're, they're sitting together and he says something. I'm not going to ruin it for you because I want you to see it. But he said, he's like, I went to see a professional and this is what he told me. And just talking about it is going to make me cry because it's so fucking powerful. But I think it would, I think it would, it would make sense to you. I think that the advice that he gives there is something you should look into. It's so powerful what he says there. And it's not going to, it's not going to be easy. You'll never be the same, right? At right. the end of the day, I can't say that I understand what you're going through. I've never gone through that. Right. But I'm a big fan of psychology and obviously. <laughs> and I <laughs> yeah. And I know every every study, every text, every book that I've read on the subject always say something. You were something different before the death of your uh, of your child. You became something completely different after. You can try you can literally put that line in the sand and to say i was like this prior and now i'm like this yeah. which is normal there's nothing you can do about that you're never going to be the same you're never going to be complete it's it is part of life right uh another thing you talk about no no such thing as coincidence i this is the first four years of three years that i did this that was pretty much a mantra that came out of my mouth on every show yep. it's because and it's kind of something that I've always had with me is this idea of a coincidence. We, we create these situations that feel like coincidence. We, we line ourselves, align ourselves well with the things that are going to make it feel like a coincidence. But I didn't believe in coincidence. But with the scheduling for the show, like one week I had, and I, I leave it up to the guests to pick dates on their own. And one week I had, the entire week was about artificial intelligence stuff. And I was like, that's not a coincidence. That was there's something. And one day I had Lee Chambers, who was a director, a film director, book the morning show, Lee Chambers. And then I had Lee Chambers book the night show. And it wasn't the same Lee Chambers. And I was like, that can't be a coincidence. What are the odds that I get two requests on the same day for the same date? morning show and evening show, the exact same name. I mean, that's crazy stuff. So, I, I, you know, coincidence, I'm not, I don't believe in, in, in coincidence either, but I, sometimes 
trying to explain why things will align the way they do it can drive me crazy just trying to figure out how did this happen because it's not in my mind a just a simple coincidence as we like to kind of put on it uh you have any ideas about like how or maybe it's not worth even examining how and why maybe this you is just why let faith is, but this is why faith can be so important because it's blind right. you you choose to to believe or you don't but there's um I'm a very big, like I'm an avid reader. I did, I, I didn't grow up reading. It's really one of my best friends that challenged me years ago, and now I read twenty to thirty books a year. But it all started with one simple book by Polo Coelho called The Alchemist. Simple read. You'll you'll bang that out in three hours if you sit down and start reading it. But I read it every year. Like I'm due to read it again. I read it every year because every time I read it, I learn some. I know the story almost by heart, but I always see something different. I always, as I get a wiser, at least I, I like to believe that I get wiser. I look at some of the texts. I'm like, oh shit, I never thought about that before. But it's all about that. The whole book is about finding reasons for things that are happening in your life. Just be aware. And just be ready to ask yourself those questions because the book starts, the book end where the book starts. Right. It's a big fucking circle. And he could have prevented everything that happened to him if he fucking looked down. That's yeah. it. That's all he had yeah. to do. Yeah. But he needed to go through all of this and to start understanding that there's people like the king that shows up on his route that just sits next to him and starts talking to him. You know how many times that happens to me? Any Everywhere I go, people... Are, I was in church yesterday and people just are like, hey, where you're from? You're not from here. Where you're from? And right. they start talking to us. And I always take that opportunity because those people have a reason to be there. You I, know, it's, I, it's funny. You'll get a different uh, kind of you're not from here in Alabama than you will in New York City. Uh, <laughs> they want to shoot you in New York. Hey, you're not from here. <laughs> Yeah, um, luckily that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Luckily now, let nice. me, because uh, we're uh, kind of short on time here, I want to uh, suggest this idea. Yep. Uh, I uh, generally uh, am often uh, not accepting of this uh, masculinity talk because it comes from, I, it's easy to take it from you because you look like a younger version of me and, and you're, you look manly. Okay. But a lot of these people, who talk about it. Tucker Carlson does not look manly. Ben nope. Shapiro does not look manly. Nope. He looks like the kind of guy I would want to slap around when I was a young man. Just and you could, kind of... and you probably could. This is. Oh, the I, de I like... definitely could have, but <laughs> I would want to, would just because he was just so annoyingly feminine. And where where does this guy come off preaching about masculinity? A lot of we're caught in a time where a lot of really, I think, effeminate men. Mm -hmm. Are giving lectures on on masculinity, and it fucking drives me crazy. Uh, and you know what? I love I love the example that you're using because I use this example all the time. If you look at a Jordan Peterson, for example, which is a great mind, I know that on one on one, I take him, I crush him. It wouldn't right. be hard. That guy cannot do shit against me physically. Right. Can't do anything. And this is one of the problems that I have with him, is that as much as he preached masculinity, I do not see him as a physical man. Yeah, like mind wise, that guy is absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But as a man, one on one, he's no threat. Right. He is no threat. And although, you know, he said something on Joe Rogan's podcast where he says that every single man out there should be a monster. You should have the cap the, the capabilities of being a monster. 
but have it under control. And right. this to me is so hypocritical because looking at him, it's like he wouldn't fight himself out of a wet bag. <laughs> yeah. And this is how I see him. And this is a problem that I have with him because if you look, unfortunately, in society today, and that's everything, we're over-specialized in everything. Nobody sees a holistic view anymore, just steps back and say, you know what? Those are the skills that I require. This is why the five virtues of a good man to me, I created them that way because there's an intellectual portion, there's a physical portion, and there's a spiritual person. There's a portion that's spiritual. You need to have all three. You need to be a killer in the gym. You need to be a killer in martial art. But at the same time, you need to have the temperance to know the difference. To know that, listen, yes, I'm a monster, but I would all, you know, the Japanese saying that says, uh, I'd rather be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war zone. Right. And this is the mentality. I don't like to fight. I have all the skills that I require to do so, but I hate it. I do not enjoy it at all. I just have those skills because I was bullied when I was younger. I was a coward and I was a victim. And I chose to say, what can I do? I'll become a killer so that I never have to be there. I've never, I will know what to do. And I will also know how to defend my family and my loved ones if that situation ever arises. I had a similar experience, except I will say that there was a point where I was transitioning from being bullied to being a, a manly type of guy. And I went from being a What skinny... happened? What happened? I'm just fucking with you. Uh, I just said what happened. No, I'm yeah. fucking with you. No, but uh, I hear you. Uh, but when I was I was becoming the monster, and I was becoming, I became a bully uh, yep. for a, a certain period of time. And I was a kind of guy who was looking to prove I was no longer bullyable yep. and getting into fights. Uh, it was in my early 20s. But, uh, you know, that's something that I think is inevitable if you go through that experience. There's going to come a point where you start to feel the need to prove that you're not what you used to be when you were uh, you know, being bullied by somebody or something like that. So That's why to me, martial, like I always say, I've been in martial arts for more than 20 years now. I've fought, I've trained fighters, I've had champions before. And, you know, one of the things that I say all the time is that martial arts has forged me as a man. Because if you go, as much as I'm great, I'm a very good fighter. I can name you right now probably 40 guys that will destroy me in a ring. Right. And every time I show up to a gym, and this is the beauty of martial art, I can go to any city in the world because of my skills. I can show up and be accepted as one of their own, but there's always guys there that are going to bring back, they're going to smack my ego down because yeah. I realize, oh shit, they're a lot better than me. They're better at this than I am. And this is why martial art is so powerful. Because that's yes, why I loved uh, all Western stories because there's always a faster gun. There's always, so, always, always. A faster and gun. if you get to train, because in a situation where you're training, there's not, yes, accidents happen like any sports out there, but every day that you show up there, there's going to be somebody on those mats that's better than you. And he right. will make it a pleasure of you, of his to bring you back, to bring you down a couple of notches if you think that you're that great. And this is where martial arts are so important because you're right. If you if you evolve around people that are weak, if you become strong around weakness and you have a need to prove yourself, you will become that bully. But if you, you, you start growing and you always surround yourself by people that are better than you, that you look up to, they will always smack your ego down to keep it in check. And this is where it's important. And this is why being surrounded by men is so important. 
You know, that's uh, if I reflect on it, you're absolutely right. At the time that I was becoming uh, a man, and I'm talking about legal man, not necessarily yep. how we yeah, define yeah. man, but <laughs> there were very, I was the only one, I was in Portales, New Mexico, and a lot of, I hate to say it, a lot of the people, almost all the men that were males that were in my circle were not of that mindset. They yep. were a very weak-minded, uh, weak-bodied. Uh, no, no. At that time, we're talking of the late seventies, and nobody was going to the gym. I was uh, odd one guy, the odd guy going to the gym every day. Mm-hmm. Nobody was into that. It was just a weird, weird time for uh, for males in in general. To, you know, it was a hippie time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, so, and you know, there was not a lot of that around me. So I did not, I was the toughest guy in Portales, New Mexico, without a doubt, and didn't have competition or didn't have guys better than me to keep my ego in check. And that's why I was, I felt like I could bully anybody. There was nobody, I was the fastest gun in Portales, New Mexico, thinking that the was fa- the whole world. <laughs> but, you and, know, and this is exactly where it comes down to. You need to surround, this is why it's so important to surround yourself by guys that, you know are better than you that right. you look up to as in i would like to become that and one of the greatest actions i've ever seen and i cannot remember his name but he was a very advanced brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner and at one point you can get a red belt which is like master it's it's above black belt but he chose to go back to a white belt as in i will never be all-knowing i will always be learning and i went through something similar when i started teaching when i started i got recognized by the thai government as one of their instructors i started teaching and one thing i quickly figured out is i know nothing knowing something does not make you a great teacher it takes a very different type of skill set in order to be able to relay information to someone in a way that they can absorb and put it into action and by becoming a teacher, I've recycled, I, I restarted the cycle. I'm like, oh shit, I'm at the beginning again. This feels like my first day of training when I didn't even know how to throw a punch because now I have to show people. So it's, you know, it's never ending, but surrounding yourself by people, you know, the expression that you are the sum of the five people closest to you, I believe in it a million percent. I don't think there's any truer quote than that. Uh, all my closest friends are dead. <laughs> well, maybe it's time for well, new friends, it, bro. <laughs> well, age, age will do that to you. I mean, I'm, I don't know. I'm 65 years old. My brother is 72, 71. Yeah. Uh, um, so it happens. I mean, people get old and they die. And but it, it, everybody I was close with, my closest friends are all gone. And it, in one way. It increases my gratitude and and changes my uh, perspective on age because I'm still here and I I would have never thought that getting old would be viewed as a success in my my but it is I mean I'm still here I survived I'm a survivor and that's how I look at it now because a lot of my friends didn't almost all my friends didn't and I feel but, you, but it's time for you to get new people in that circle like if you look at me for example my mentor slash best friend is your age technically you're the age of my of my mother 
but yeah. I have an older soul when it comes to that. And I tend to surround myself by people that I really look up to. Right. So, but the relationship that we have is like the age of my, he, he could have been my father, right. but yet I respect, he respects me as much as I respect him. And he always tells me as successful as he is, he's like, I'm always amazed by this, the stuff that you're ready to do. Like just yeah. looking at me go, he's like, I can't believe that you're doing this. And cause I asked him multiple times, like, bro, why are you even involved? Like, why yeah. are you? Why do you help me all the time? Because he's like, you inspire me as much as I inspire him. So it's it's time for you to get some friends. I don't need to be old. Yeah, either. no, I, I I definitely am. And they are younger. That, but As uh, it should be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Uh, I'm hanging out with a lot of younger people these days. And uh, You when probably have some... a lot to teach, brother. You yeah, probably yeah. have a lot to teach. Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope I hope so. Uh, this has been a really uh, interesting talk. Now, uh, people want to get into. Uh, you didn't write a book or anything, right? Or did did, did you write oh, a yeah. book? Yeah, oh, I write. Yeah. A, I wrote a book. I'm writing my second one right now. Yeah. Uh, how do people find out more about you? Is there uh, simply you want to send oh, them yeah. a website or something? You can go to nicolagan.com. That's my website. You can find me TikTok, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Rumble. Name it. I'm on there at Real Nico Lagan, and you can find me on YouTube at Nico Lagan. But I'm very, everywhere, man. Very cool. We'll put all those in the description, and uh, ho hopefully, people will follow up and and uh, you know uh, take some interest in this. Uh, it's been a really uh, interesting talk, and and one I wasn't expecting at this hour because uh, <laughs> we were expecting another guest early in the morning, and then I had you for ten fifteen somehow. But it all worked out. It's all good. Uh, thanks. Thanks for, being for having here. me. Thanks uh, for having me, man. My I had pleasure. A blast. Have a great day and come back sometime. Bye for now. Anytime, bro. Anytime. Right. Peace right. out. Bye. Nico Lagan, folks. NicoLagan.com. Love to know what you think about it. Let me know. Uh, you've already, the chat room has been a little bit active this morning. Uh, I'll go through some of it and re review some of it. Uh, again, I Ian is like the main <laughs> instigator in the, uh, instigator is probably not the right word, but uh, most chatty in the chat room. Uh, what is this? Matt Napo, uh, was the mystery Irish heckler. I wish, I wish I could have been in, in, uh, Bisbee, Arizona, uh, for that. I probably would have gotten a fight speaking of, um, manliness. And I, if somebody was, uh, giving call shit and calls on stage and I'm in the audience, my in instinct would still be to go over and say, hey, shut the fuck up or I'll stick my fist down your throat. Uh, and then I would have been in jail. But that would have been a good thing. That would have been extra stories to tell on the old podcast or morning stories for you. So uh, it didn't happen, though. I was not there. I was not the mystery Irish heckler. Uh, what is this? The U.S. has great PR. I don't know. Um, internal PR, maybe. I don't think the rest of the world looks at us as uh, being number one. I don't know about that. Um, I know we tell ourselves we're number one all the time. I'm going to take a, a quick break, uh, freshen up my coffee, and, you know, I'll come back really quickly and wrap this shit up. But uh, I'm just going to see if I can grab a quick cup of coffee. Hey, yeah, mind dog, yeah, yeah, mind dog. If you're ready for some action, this dog sure to keep you laughing. Let's go, mind dog, yeah, yeah, mind dog. Don't roll, don't play fetch, only here to keep your interest. Uh, this is the show.
show that you've been missing. Full of comedians and musicians. Plenty of interviews, entertaining. Keep it funny, there ain't no debating. Uh, call the man. Uh, you never know what they gon' say. Be Flicker Kelly and Whiskey Dick Willie Conway. So authentic and straight raw. Pushing the limits when they talk. Doing it live when they stream. My dog TV. Yeah, so crazy. Getting intense. The dogs are wild. Better beware before you hop over the fence. <laughs> Mind dog, yeah, yeah, mind dog. If you ready for some action, this dog sure to keep you laughing. Let's go. Mind dog, hey, mind dog. Don't roll, don't play fetch. Only here to keep your interest. Let's go. Come have coffee with the dog. Well, well, well. You know, uh, it took me a minute to realize it felt like I was looking in a mirror uh, with Nico. Uh, sometimes self awareness is not uh, is not all that uh readily available to me anyway i'd love to hear some feedback on that conversation do you think um first of all do you agree with the things he was saying uh to what extent do you think i uh pushed back enough or offered uh, any kind of enough of a, a counterpoint on some of these things i do feel like most of the people pushing the masculinity talk Oh, what's he? Tucker Carlson is not a manly man in any concept that I have of what a manly man is. And he's the guy out there with the loudest voice talking about men aren't men enough. And then you have Jordan Peterson. You have Ben Shapiro. Yeah. Ben Shapiro. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's my Ben, ben Shapiro uh, impersonation. I don't know. What do you think? Uh, oh, do we have? And we've never really seen Ian. Is he Ian a manly man? GD, are you a manly man? Uh, who else? Uh, Jay, are you a manly man? Jay said twins. Uh, Kelly's not a manly man. Daniel Crimmins, are you a manly man? There's no man without the Dykes. I'm going to troll the shit out of this Thursday. Ah, oh. Well, Dykes is welcome. I haven't seen or heard from uh, Jamie. I mean, uh, on Twitter occasionally, Facebook once in a while. But I haven't heard from him in a very long time. Pity. uh, Because my friendship with Jamie was the catalyst for me becoming friends with Carl. And uh, that ended up being a catalyst for him becoming friends with Andy Andrus and Billy Wayne Davis and and now Doug Stanhope and Christine Levine and all those people that he went out and met and became friends with out there. Jamie was a big part of that. And I understand the pressure to be dad provider man well things we were just talking about can take you away from your desire it happened to me again i got married at 25 and became a dad at 26 and kind of gave up on me on living my life where i you know i identified as husband and father and uh i understand how that can take you from your pursuit of what you think is your true purpose and it did with me. So I, you know, I definitely can, um, can uh, you know, connect with what Jamie is going through. I think at some point it's really important to be true to yourself, though. 
is father, husband, all important things. But you gotta, you gotta be you. I gotta be me. I've gotta be me. Oh, anyway, that's the show for you today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed it. It's different than I thought it was going to be. Jay had his technical problem, so Jay wasn't part of the uh, big Zoom. Maybe we'll try him again tomorrow if he can get it figured out. Uh, Willie will be back tomorrow. We'll recap the football stuff. Um, I have a clip from Vinny. Uh, you know, I'll save the clip from Vinny for tomorrow. Uh, Vinny did a man on the street thing up in Toronto, Stars, Stripes, and Maple Leafs, uh, talking about Canadian and American relations and all that kind of stuff. We'll save that for tomorrow. Uh, I have an author for tomorrow at 1015, uh, a young lady named Jail Pinner, P-I-N-E-R, Pinner. Uh, who's a novelist uh, talking about, or she's written a, a novel slash memoir. I don't know. It's a, a story about her grandmother who during, uh, well, just as the re- uh, Great Depression was starting, found herself a single mom ready to take care of a family without a plan and had to redesign her life in the midst of a great, depression that was just starting out it's an interesting story it's not comedy so we'll have to lighten up the day with some uh, some friends and some joking around willie will be here for that and i hope you enjoy that anyway uh tomorrow that's the day tomorrow on wednesday katie dudley who is very funny i've seen her material now she's an la-based uh comedian she will be with us on wednesday and danielle M. Orsino, who I believe is another author, will be with us uh, on Wednesday morning. And then Thursday, as I, you already know, Carl will be uh, sitting in for me uh, while I go do my uh, my po- politics stuff. I'm going to be, um, I haven't mentioned that I'm running for Congress enough. I know that. Uh, people can, you know, it's not like I forget. It's that I got nothing to say about it. People know what I'm uh, uh, I'm about, and uh, it's not really heated up yet. I wait till after election day this year, because um, the election that I'm uh, up for is not not for a year from that. So uh, anyway, that's the show for today. I know I said that already. Watch, uh, turn on your radio and all that kind of stuff, and turn on your TV, turn on your computer, turn on everything, and then take your pants off and tan your balls. That's the show for today.
me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.